We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. Alex Barutha here with Shannon McEwen and Ken K-Train Kreitz. Uh, congrats to everybody. Uh, brand new season of getting your eardrums blown out by the uh, tr- the, the choo-choo train whistle. Um, getting scared in traffic when you hear it and crashing uh, on the freeway. But uh, while you are uh, in, in a ditch on the side of the road, we have some best ball advice for you. Um I don't remember if we've done a best ball podcast in the past. I don't believe so, but best ball has become a, it's, it's increasing in popularity. Uh, sites like underdog, for example. Um, so Shannon, you are, I think, uh, between the three of us, the person who does the most best ball drafts. So I'll let you take it away in sort of explaining what best ball is for people who don't know. Yeah. Best ball. It's a season long fantasy format. Very similar to redraft. What the the obvious difference is you do not have to set a lineup. You do not have to pick up free agents. Uh, for underdog DraftKings, they're 12 team leagues. You play uh you, you draft an entire roster, guard, forward, center, util. Yeah, on underdog, it's one util. DraftKings, it's two util. Um, no setting again, no setting the lineups. No picking up free agents, no roster moves at all. Set it, you just you draft it and then forget it, and it let this let the season play out. Um, you know, no waivers, no subs, no trades, nothing like that. At the end of each week, uh, it changes from format, format, platform, platform. Um, on underdog specifically, end of each week, they automatically select underdog will under automatically select your highest scoring players for that week, and those are the fancy points you receive most best ball leagues are points-based leagues so percentages don't come into play um just all the counting stats is what you're going to be targeting and how you're going to be evaluating players there are different types of best ball leagues as well you could it's entirely possible there are some formats that have kind of a rotisserie bent i have not seen that or participated in it but most you know again are going to be point-based leagues um it can be an individual league where it's just that 12 team league that you're playing in and you're trying to see who finishes in first, second, and third uh, to, to get a payout. Um, there are also best ball tournaments where you draft a 12 team league in a 12 team league. 
but you're going up against a much larger field of contestants. Uh, on Underdog, I think it's 50 or 60,000 um, entries for their their um, featured Underdog tournament or best ball tournament. And with that, you can advance to additional rounds. You know, the first 20 or so weeks of the season will be round one. And then there are two week stretches for the playoffs until you get all the way to a finals um, where everyone's winning um, and there'll be duplicate players on rosters and everything else. Once you get to the playoffs, because it's combinations of league winners from other 12 team leagues, um, highly entertaining. So, Ken, why why is it? Why do people play? Well, for me, number one, it's a more meaningful mock draft because it's a real contest. So I don't know if you've been in mock drafts where everyone's on autopilot or people are just phoning it in, but this is real. So it's a real mock draft that gets you ready for your, for me, gets you ready for your season along while you still have some skin in the game, yet not committing yourself to having to manage lineups and free agents all season. And it favors managers who, you know, grind during the preseason prep. So for those of us that love all the off-season news, you can hop on that news right away, be actionable with it in these early best ball leagues. A lot of leagues go very deep. They'll go 200 deep. And so it's to me, it's a great way to see who people are picking with upside for those last 50 or 60 picks. But Alex, give the fans some of your general tips for best ball. Yeah, like uh, like Shannon was mentioning, the the way the format works, where it just takes your best performing players over the course of a week or longer, and makes those players the starters, whether maybe they got injured um, and someone else stepped up, or a guy has four games in a week compared to someone else's two games, um, and they you know the the guy with four games performs better, and they automatically get put in. For me, the key is to focus more on upside than thinking about risk. For example, like when I'm drafting standard leagues, I'm thinking a lot about uh, injuries. Um, what is a guy's chance to play like over 60 games? Um, I'm not thinking about that as much with best ball because if they miss some time, someone will automatically be put into their starting spot and I don't have to worry about, oh, do I start this guy? What if he gets hurt on a Monday uh, and I can't switch him out? That doesn't matter as much. Um, so for me, when I'm drafting, it's more so... I'm thinking about fantasy points per game, uh, maybe even fantasy points per minute for those later those later picks. You know, after pick 100, I'm thinking about upside. Um, and there's different ways this can play out. Like, you know, in, a, in, a, in like a Yahoo league, for example, Zion Williamson's uh, ADP is 67, which actually I think that's a good ADP on Yahoo, for example. Um, I'm not saying in a best ball format you should draft him like 15th. But his ADP on underdog is 29. So that's the kind of mentality that people are in where it's like, maybe you can split the difference between where he goes in a standard league and what you think his upside is on like a fancy points per game situation. Um, I also think handcuffing is a little easier. It doesn't happen as much in fantasy basketball as it does in fantasy football. Um, but you can handcuff some risky picks. Um, Porzingis, you want to draft Porzingis, you could just draft Rob Williams later. Or maybe even Al Horford in a super deep league. Um, Anthony Davis, you draft him. Christian Wood's on the roster. You could draft Christian Wood. Joel Embiid, you grab him early. Maybe you grab Paul Reed a little bit early too. Um, I'm not that high on Mobamba. I would grab Paul Reed instead. Uh, but those are those are my general tips. I'll I'll I'm going to toss it to you, Shannon. If you have anything you would like to add to that, uh, because you have I would say the most experience in doing these. 
Yeah, it, you know, a couple other general tips. I mean, position eligibility is key. Uh, roster mm -hmm. construction is going to be key. Yeah, for position eligibility, it's going to change from site to site. So DraftKings, for instance, um, you'll find is very shallow at the center position. Um, you only start one center, two guards, two forwards, one center. DraftKings has two util spots, whereas Underdog only has the one util spot like DraftKings one center spot uh, on underdog. But the the center position <clears throat> and the amount of players eligible at that position, because there's no dual position eligibility in underdog, is very shallow on DraftKings. So whereas I might wait on center a little bit more on underdog because there's more players who have center eligibility. A guy like Zach Collins, for instance, who, who could very well start at the four or the five alongside Wemby, with the Spurs this year, he's a forward on DraftKings, but he's a center on underdog. You can get him at the center position as like your third or fourth center on underdog, very cheap and very late in drafts. That's not going to be the case because he's forward eligible on DraftKings. So double checking position eligibility, seeing where that drop off in talent is for, for the different positions. Again, on DraftKings, I believe center is very shallow. So you might want to invest in the center earlier than you normally would. On underdog, forward, especially the premium, you know, top 70 type player, there are very few forwards after the first 20 to 30 players. So you have a range from anywhere from like 40 to 50 to like 80, 90, where there's less intriguing picks at the forward position. So how you build your roster, how you construct it is, is going to be heavily impacted by position eligibility, what type of players are going to be available. Um, and likewise, because it is best ball, you know, that, that roster construction is going to be key. You know, there could be, I'm not as high on stacking in basketball as I am NFL uh, best ball, for instance. There's probably some, some data available that shows there's benefits to it. Um, you know, looking at the, the season schedule would be something you'd want to do as well and see if there are players who maybe have a favorable schedule in the playoffs, in the best ball playoffs that would make sense for you. Um, but I'm going to be, more worried about just filling that starting lineup, uh, spreading out my top picks where, you know, I make sure I have two stellar, you know, two top guards, two top forwards, one or one top center. And then the, those util spots, you have flexibility, but I want that starting lineup to be full of high upside guys uh, who, who are going to be easy to re rely on. Uh, and then I'll start backing up those positions uh, with, with, with the bench picks afterwards. So that's uh, some excellent advice, Shannon. Thank you. So with all of that in mind, for today's pod, we're gonna each of us are going to give three sleepers and one bust focused on the best ball uh, game market. So with best ball in mind, Alex, why don't you start with your first? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Sleeper. My first sleeper uh, is Desmond Bain uh, of the Memphis Grizzlies, who has an ADP of 50.6 on underdog. Uh, Last year, he averaged 36 fantasy points per game, which is a fantastic mark. Um, But we have Morant, John Morant, suspended for 25 games to start the season. And I actually think our projections might be a little too low. I feel like I erred on the side of caution when projecting Bain because I didn't want to you know, just get too crazy with it. But even with that being the case, we still have him ranked 30th in projected fantasy points per game at 40.7. And I think if you were to say he averaged 36 fantasy points per game last year with John Morant out for 25 games, could he average four more fantasy points? I think a lot of people would be like, sure. And compared to last year, we only have up to his averages plus two points per game, plus one and a half uh, assists per game. Basically, same rebounds, basically, same steals and blocks. We also um, don't have unconscionable gunner Dylan Brooks on this right anymore. And that's that's a that's I think a part of um, you know, Desmond Bain's fantasy value and maybe even Jaron Jackson's fantasy value that that's kind of getting under discussed. Yeah, nice. No, I love that. We're always big Desmond Bain fans at RotoWire. Shannon, who do you want to start off with your first sleeper? Yeah, one of my favorite sleepers on underdog is Scary Terry Rozier, ADP of 103. Our projections have him valued as a top 53 player, ranking 53 based on fantasy projected fantasy points for the upcoming season. Feel like there's some discount here with, with Scary Terry uh, due to, you know, the, the team basically getting healthier. You've got Miles Bridges is returning to the rotation. They they re-signed PJ Washington. Um, you got some some young talent that's going to see a bigger role uh, with the Hornets this year with uh, Brandon Miller, you know their first round pick, uh, Mark Williams, uh, first round pick from last year, uh, who's probably going to be the starting center for the team. So there, the a lot of projections or you know interest in Scary Terry has gone down, but. To me, I look at that depth chart. He's locked in, in my opinion, is going to be locked into the starting lineup. 
He'll he'll be he'll also be the main guy getting backup minutes at at the point guard spot. They don't really have a a great backup behind Lamelo. I think Scary Terry's pretty safe to repeat the the performance he had last year, where he's you know he easily was a top sixty player in this format, and he's going after pick 100 now. So I, I love him in that range. If I can, you know, in, instead of uh, grabbing him with, with ADP of 103, I'll pick him 10 spots before that and, and still consider a great value. Yeah. The, the reason his fantasy value kind of slipped last season was mostly percentage based. Um, it, and obviously this is a points format and yes, Miles Bridges is back, like you said, but I still a really good chance. Terry Rozier is the number two option on this team for the duration of the season. So if you get a number two option like that, relatively high usage with pick 100, that's hard to beat that. Nice. Uh, All right, gentlemen, I'm also sticking it with guards for my first sleeper. I'm going north of the border. Dennis Schroeder starting point guard in Toronto. Scotty Barnes is not Grant Hill. I think we learned that. The hype was a little too big on running the offense through Barnes. Remember that with this same roster, Freddie Van Vliet, had 7.2 assists uh, per game and also hoisted 16.1 field goal attempts per contest. Uh, Schroeder's poor field goal percentage doesn't hurt you in this format. He seems old, but he's only 30 years old. He's never been shy about shooting, and they have no other point guards on this roster. Uh, Malachi Flynn is not a point guard. He's really a shooting guard tweener. Uh, I just see a ton of minutes for Schroeder in Toronto. Love his upside. He's got an ADP right now of 135. That's practically free. 135 for a starting point guard's insane. Yeah, and their depth isn't uh, isn't great either. Uh, so you know, there there's going to be an opportunity for him to play a lot of minutes. Um, and if anybody else in this roster that's high usage were to get hurt, could be more Dennis Schroeder. Um, it's great. It's great value. Uh, my second sleeper, Yusuf Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers, uh, ADP of 120 on underdog. Yes, he is an injury risk, but we're talking about best ball here. Uh, he's played more than 65 games just twice in his nine seasons. However, if you take a look at Portland's depth chart, they do not have a backup center. Um, I would, I would, anybody could get, take a guess right now who their backup center is. And I highly <laughs> doubt that you get the name right. Uh, last season, uh, Nurkic averaged quietly averaged 31 fantasy points per game in only 27 minutes. Um, I will say, I, I also love Daniel Gafford in this range. He's also going about 120, but the main difference here is we know that Nurkic is somebody who can absorb more usage and can take on more usage. He can work in the post. He can pass the ball. If other guys in Portland were to get hurt, the ball ends up in his hands more. That's not necessarily the case with someone like Gafford. Um, ultimately this is a good example of like best ball versus standard league difference in a standard league. I would take Gafford, but I'm thinking about the upside here with, with Nurkic. Very interesting, Alex. All right, Shannon, looks like you're going back to point guard. Yeah, I'm going to stick. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to stick with guard. Uh, and and we're going to go to one of Daniel Gafford's teammates, uh, Tyus Jones, uh, for the Washington wizards, ADP of 114. On underdog, we have him projected to be the 61st ranked player based on the point uh, on the points based format for underdog. That's just an absolute steal. He should start, 
uh, for the Wizards at point guard with with also you know a new new backcourt mate uh, Jordan Poole as well. I expect those two to start at at point guard and shooting guard for the Wizards. And we've seen it for the past few years, how productive Tyus Jones can be when he's playing 30 plus minutes, when he's in a starter's role. There's been numerous instances where we hype him up as a DFS pick because John Morant's missing time was missing time for the Grizzlies. You know, we there it's possible. We'll get a full season of that from Tyus Jones this year. I think the one thing that depresses his value some, and it has kept his ADP lower is the Wizards are probably going to be very bad this year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with that, he could be on the trade block and get moved to a depth role on a, uh, you know, on an actual contender. Um, but I am going to take him at that, at that range. 114 ADP for a guy with top 80 upside is pretty rare. The Wizards have been desperate, desperate for a point guard the last three or four years. They're going to give Tyus Jones insane minutes, especially the first half of the season. Uh, you also have a uh, more of a combo guard, maybe, Ken, for your second sleeper. I do. I feel like the best ball format was created for this guy. Injury risk, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, sixth man of the year. When he plays, he's great. And with the departure of Marcus Smart, they might even dangerously try to give Brogdon more minutes. <laughs> anyway, he's got an arm issue, but he's always got some injury issue. At an ADP of 155, that's yeah. practically free for a guy uh, who could be a, a borderline all-star when he plays. And when he doesn't, you got other guards in the best ball format. So at 155, goodness gracious, I love me some Malcolm Brock. Yeah, for the past five seasons, he has been at about one fantasy point per minute. And he played 26 minutes last year. I expect that to go up, like you said. Um, some of this does depend on how ready is Peyton Pritchard to take on maybe can't 15 to 20 minutes a game. Love, love I'm not 100% DP. sure. Peyton Pritchard can't play defense to get big minutes. Right. But if Jalen Brown gets hurt, if Jason Tatum gets hurt, like they need oh, a guy who can play make. They're wrong. thinner. They're thin in the backcourt or the front court, or the backcourt. They're in everywhere. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're thin everywhere besides center. Let's be, let's be real. Uh, yeah, Brogdon could be. But, you know, he'll get hurt. There will be he will get load managed, uh, but that's something in the best ball format you can much easier absorb than in standard fantasy. Uh, Alex, take us to your third sleeper, someone you were banging the drum for a lot last year. Yeah, I mean, this might even qualify as a deep sleeper, which is crazy because I don't I, ADP of 170. Yeah, ADP of 170 is Nas Reed. Um, he's averaged at least 1.1 fantasy points per minute for every season of his career. Um, was excellent last year with Towns out most of the year. Uh, Towns is back, yes. And Reed probably is like 18 to 24 minutes when the front court's healthy. But if you draft one of those guys, Carl Anthony Towns, you draft Rudy Gobert or both, uh, you could grab Reed at 170. Uh, and make it an excellent stack or handcuff or whatever you want to call it. Yes, you're banking a little bit on the injury, but it's just the the upside we saw from him last season. Um, you know, when he's when he's a starter, he can average like 17 and eight. Um, it's just uh, I can't I can't believe he's available at 170. Excellent handcuff uh, with that low an ADP. Um, Shannon, you want to touch on a big man that Alex talked about a little? 
Yeah, he's been mentioned. Daniel Gafford, ADP of 123 on underdog. I'm super high on him. We've talked about the Wizards. The Wizards are going to be atrocious this year. We have Gafford projected to uh, finish 70, rank 77th for, for fantasy points, uh, points-based leagues. I like the fact that he's not an injury risk like Nurkic is. Um, I want a guy. I I actually I've I've toyed around with best ball lineups in the past and and, and said I don't care about injuries. These guys are starting the season the season off with an injury. Doesn't matter. Everyone's going to have an injury at some point in the year. I still prefer to back players who are going to be available. If you end up advancing in the playoffs for best ball and you have dead weight on your roster, it does impact your, your potential winnings. Um, so I am going to pick guys who are projected to be healthy. I think we're going to see Gafford easily have his best season ever. Um, it, it's really the first time he's going to be locked into, yeah. uh, should be locked into Monster. the starting role and heavy minutes. This is a team, you know, you want to talk about a shallow team, Todd Gibson, Muscala, and, and who? <laughs> <laughs> that that's those are their two backup centers so i i don't worry about playing time gafford should see plenty 30 plus minutes per game he's a point he, he's a he's a, a a a per minute monster already so we're going to see big numbers from him this year you're saying the future in washington is not 38 year old Todd gibson it is not no. <laughs> uh, love that pick love that pick all right i'm going to stick with uh a front court player for my third sleeper Love this move that the Clippers made to get Kenyon Martin, who's got an enormous ADP of 186. That is practically free. Look, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George will get hurt. Have the last few years not proven this. Plus, you've got fellow Clippers Nick Batum, Russell Westbrook, and Marcus Morris. They're each 34 years old. Mason Plumley is 33. This gaggle of old-timers will be a mash unit. 22-year-old Martin still has plenty of upside. Last year's per 36 were over 16 points, over seven rebounds, over one made three, half a block, and only uh, less than one and a half turnovers per 36 minutes. He played in all 82 games last year. He played in 79 games the prior season. I think it's a great move by the Clippers to get Martin on the cheap, and you should be equally as wise. He, if his name wasn't, if he wasn't the son of uh, Kenyon Martin, he would be ridiculously anonymous, and he's already extremely anonymous. Um, but he was a he, <laughs> he was already a, is. <laughs> he was a bright spot for uh, for Houston the past few years. Insane athlete, we should mention as well. Lob threat, he can hit threes like. He he brings the some, Rockets like, are going to regret this trade for years. It's going to make them look stupid. He gives the Clippers a little punch. They can be a little. Yeah. Uh, they can be a little slow and methodical. There, there's certainly upside there, and he could be the starting four for this team. They yeah. could go small yeah. and basically play Paul George, Kawhi, and Martin at yeah. the two, three, four. It's it's entirely possible. Um, we'll have he, to see. He, he, I mean, that means beating out Nick Batum and Marcus Morris, right? Which he can do. He can do that with his eyes closed. If he matches the 28 minutes per game he saw last year, he is going to be a steal at the end of drafts. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Okay, it's time to flip the coin now, gentlemen, and dog some players that we think are going to be busts. Uh, Alex, you've got kind of a young up-and-comer here as your bust. I do. 
my best ball bust at his ADP of 80 is Keegan Murray. Um, this is partially based on format, uh, mostly that it's a points league, because he averaged only one more fantasy point per game than Nas Reed last season, <laughs> uh, who played like 22 minutes a game. Um, and he, uh, Keegan Murray averaged 0.8 fantasy points per minute. That might not mean like a lot to certain people who don't play in a lot of points leagues, but 0.8 is not very good. You want to be around one fantasy point per minute. But the the sort of overall top-down view of this of this criticism at ADP 80, he's a very good NBA player. Love Keegan Murray in real life, 3 and D guy, but he's better in real life than in fantasy. He's mostly a three-point specialist right now. Yeah. Two-thirds of his shots were from three last season. That's fine for category leagues because specialists thrive in category leagues, but because it has a it has a it has individual impact. But in points leagues, it does not. And my final point here, I think I think he will see more usage and I think he will improve, but I don't think his room within Sacramento's offense, I don't think he has that much room to grow. Like he's Fox, still behind Harrison Barnes, and Fox and Sabonis aren't giving up any usage rate. Right. Fox and Sabonis, the main two guys. I think maybe he kind of usurps Harrison Barnes, but then you even have Kevin Herter there. And then if some of those backcourt guys get hurt, guess who steps in? Malik Monk, uh, who is a usage hog. Um, so to me, I just at pick 80, I think you have a lot of higher upside options and guys that are better in points leagues than, than Keegan Murray. Very interesting, Alex. All right, Shannon, <laughs> you've got a controversial bust for your offering. I, I'll, I'll go twofold on this. The both favorites for rookie of the year, I dislike in underdog due to their APP. Wemby and Chet Holmgren both being drafted far too high. Wemby is being picked in the top 20. His ADP is 19.9. Um, we, have, we have him ranked to be uh, finished top 50, uh, which is very generous. I think he's going to be super productive this year. You know, defensive stats are a big part uh, of racking up fancy points on underdog and DraftKings formats. Um, you know, on DraftKings, uh, in addition to to defensive stats, double doubles, triple doubles, those things add extra fantasy points. But I'm just not I'm not convinced he's going to play enough games to be worthy of a top 20 pick in the best ball format. I'm going to take the known quantities instead. Same with Chet Chet Holmgren. He his ADP is 42.6. Uh, on underdog, it's got. I can't take them there. They both would have to drop probably fifteen to twenty picks for me to even consider them in on either best ball format. And or both needs to gain at least twenty five pounds. I think for you to feel a little more comfortable. I just don't believe either one of them is going to play more than like sixty five games. They have time. that. I'm going to fold like a chair. Look to them. <laughs> All right. Interesting, Shannon. Great advice. Uh, Our last bust, I'm going Kevin Durant at his ridiculous ADP of nine. KD turns 35 this Thursday. He's averaged only 46 games played over the past three seasons. Best case scenario, he's load manages. He's load managed. His elite percentages don't help you an underdog. My first round pick must stay healthy. Give me Halliburton, Young, Spicy P, or even uh, McCall Bridges instead of Katie. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you, Ken. And to me, the this way that I, I feel the same way about Durant, 
it bumps actually bumps up like Devin Booker a ton for me, and even Bradley Beal. Because if you assume Durant's going to get hurt, where's the usage going to funnel? Um, and even Bradley Beal hasn't been particularly healthy lately. So I think um, I think sometimes you know if you if you view a guy as a huge injury risk, you should consider you should bump up the guys behind him. For example, yep. I think that probably doesn't get talked yep. about uh, quite enough. All right. Well, that's our best ball advice uh, here in late September. Cat. Can't end this video though without Shannon explaining his tracksuit. Give us the Beastie Boy look, Shannon. Come on, it's my flavor. My dope tracksuit. Got this as a Christmas. You got a fight here for your right to party. But there's a there's inspired. a reason you got that particular yes. suit. Yes, inspired. We'll, we'll post something uh, maybe on Twitter with the with this episode. I'll Boyan Bogdanovich. article. I'll put it on there the side article. Yeah. Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Pistons legend. <laughs> you know, this is one of his pre pregame fits last year. I saw him rocking it, walking into the stadium, walking into the arena, and I told my wife, "I need that for Christmas." So, she in delivered. honor of my boys, I'm wearing it. And purple look, stripes, good, right? Purple stripes. Purple. Yeah. 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 Wow. All right, and I'll add. This hat, a gift from coaching legend Dick Versace when he was with the Grizzlies. I'm friends with his son, Dave Versace, or Versace, as some people like to say. But really, <laughs> he pronounces it Versace. All right. Well, uh, that does it for today's preseason pod. We'll be back to our regular format uh, with the emphasis on the waiver wire once the regular season kicks in. But, uh, gentlemen, anything in closing? Draft yeah. Desmond Bain. <laughs> draft absolutely on underdog so undervalued i will be on underdog almost every night between now and the start of the season uh playing uh, participating in best ball drafts i'll be on DraftKings as well that's probably going to be more about every other night uh so go check out underdog if you've never played it it's super yeah. fun use promo code rotowire r-o-t-o-w-i-r-e and you'll get a deposit bonus and a free rotowire subscription six months Ooh. All right, this three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line.